Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Man in the Post's final week review show. I'm not sure if it's a weekend, midweek or anything. Um, it's kind of all the days rolling at one just now. I am your standing host, Ali. I'm stepping in for Chris, who's away gallivanting in the woods somewhere. Um, and joining me as normal is for Chris is Dave. How are we doing, Dave? Hello, Ali. I'm, uh, I'm very well, thank you. Nice to, uh, nice to have us reunited for yeah. the first time in a while. It's been a while, yeah. And uh, uh, what, a, what a way to finish it, last game of the season. Uh, thoughts, general thoughts of the season. How, how was it for yourself? I mean, obviously, it's been the last few months have been dominated by uh, COVID and whatnot. And I guess after all that happened, the football probably means a lot less to an awful lot of people. I know I've been a lot less bothered by results um, since it came back. Probably helped by my own team having very little to play for. But um, I'm kind of relieved it's over. Um, again, possibly down to my own club situation, but. Um, uh, obviously it's what end of July now season's normally well done within May um, I think it's nice to just draw a line under it certainly a lot of teams probably think the same No absolutely yeah I think um, as as listeners are here tonight we're only really going to talk about the games in detail of the ones that mattered and probably it's only been those teams who have cared since we come back as well um, the, the league title was more or less wrapped up before um, and even one of the bottom three was, you would have said before, was down. And it's hard to, keep with everything that's going on, hard to care so much. Unless, I suppose, you're one of those teams who, you know, you, you wanted these games to play for unless unless the null and void happened um, and you were protected. But, um, yeah, well, let's let's just crack on it. And uh, obviously we had the, the final day battle for the top four position. Uh, Man United-Leicester. Um Man United 2-0, Dave. Another penalty? Yeah, and it was a penalty as well. Um, Definitely. Uh, you could take your pick for me. I think, uh, <laughs> I think Gary Neville was trying to, try and argue that Johnny Evans got a toe on the ball, but it was you know, it was a bit of a sandwich, wasn't it? It was, uh, it was coming. I think uh, the more Leicester had to try and chase the game to get that win, they're obviously going to leave themselves a bit exposed. I think it was Chowdhury who got dispossessed in the middle of the, in the, middle of the park and he's He's quite a good player in terms of you know destroying the play and breaking up attacks and things. But on the ball, I'm not overly impressed by him, and wasn't too surprised to see him get caught out. Um, and then obviously the the goal in injury time was a bit of a, a bit of a joke, really. I've just seen uh, someone had a bet on Jesse Lingard to not score or assist all season, and that was ruined in the 98th minute. 98 minutes, and you must. Do you know what? You... It pains me to say, but Man United well, well and truly deserved a top four finish, didn't they? 
Um, I mean, the, the form since Bruno Fernandes has arrived has been pretty much unblemished until these last few games where um, they've looked a bit fatigued, which was kind of always the risk when you're playing your best 11 twice a week. So I guess Solskjaer probably probably could have afforded to rotate a bit more. Um, but he, he's done it. I mean, considering where they were in, what was it, October, when we beat them up here, um, yeah. they have done incredibly well to finish fourth from that position. Yeah, Fernandez coming in in January, wasn't it? it was, yes, um, yeah. For them. He's linked up very well with Pogba. He's maybe not brought the, the best Pogba out, um, but much closer to the Pogba. I think United thought they were signing um, when they got him. They, they still have glaring issues for me. I still don't think David De Gea's um, up to scratch anymore, whether he's helped by the defence in front of him, but um, I still think he's got always oh, got a big job in, in the summer. So it'll be an interest. I say in the summer. <laughs> now. <laughs> um, it's interesting to see what, you know, transfers anybody does, really, with what's going on. Yeah, I just thought um, De Gea looked a bag of nerves today as well. I don't know how much of this game you saw, but there was, there was one early on where maybe an Iannaccio scuffed a shot. And he made such a hash of it. I mean, he was lucky that Vardy was offside, so the rebound came nothing anyway, but... He, he doesn't look the same goalkeeper he once was, and he probably hasn't since uh, since the last World Cup when he uh, made a fairly high-profile error. Yes, yeah. Um, and it's kind of been in and out since then. Um, there's been a few goals which could have been avoided, I think. Yeah, more more than a few. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen some people trying to stick up for him a bit, little bit on, on social media, and, and understandably so. I mean, at one point, he was arguably the best keeper in the world, um, but... The way the saves he was making and being player of the year for your team three years in the running, I think it was for United. That form can't continue at such a sustainable level. You know, it's it's not natural. Um, but I mean, yet yeah, fair play to Man United anyway. We'll, we'll give David De Gea a break. Um, Leicester really threw this away after after really losing to Liverpool when they were second in the table um, at Christmas time. I think something like they only took. 18 or 19 points since then, in about 18 games. 19. Yeah, it was really quite noticeable. On um, I saw a table when Nigel Pearson got sacked, and it showed like the points since Pearson came in, which was what was it a week before Christmas, maybe, or you know, it was it was quite a long time ago anyway. And I think Leicester were about 15th in that table. Um, so kind of sums up uh, where it's gone wrong for them because they were flying along, and it's one of those where if you if you'd asked Leicester at the start of the season. If you finish fifth, would you take it? Hundred percent, yes. Um, but when you were second on Boxing Day, and you've ended up uh, ended up fifth, it's, it's, it's a tough one to take. Um, what do you think about Brendan Rodgers in general? Obviously, you've had him at Liverpool. Um, it looked like he was going to work wonders here with Leicester, but does he take any of the blame for how this has panned out, or is it just bad fortune? <sighs> Without, without trying to be too bad, I, I think he's got to take the bulk of the blame. For me, Brendan Rodgers, he, he's always had a bit of an ego about him, um, having never really won anything. But I thought when he went to Celtic, he kind of changed as a coach. Now, obviously, winning up here is, isn't isn't the greatest achievement. But the way he did it, at least the undefeated season, the treble... Um, you know, you have to hold your hands up because it's as easy as you get done. Nobody else had done it in a long time. Um, and I thought Leicester were that perfect club. You know, you had the right blend of players, but just defensively a shambles. And they're not even playing 
you know, the football they were. So it was like the pressure had just got to them. Uh, do I think he should be sacked? Absolutely not. I don't know who else they could go for. Give them a year and see another year and see how they do. As you said, just at the start of your bit, uh, Dave, finishing fifth for Leicester is, is still a, a really good achievement. So they have to look at the positives for you know a couple of months time when we start back up again. Yeah, I think I mean it's not just him. Um, I think Vardy hasn't really hit, hit the form he had before Christmas since. Christmas for whatever reason um, and I think uh, Thielmans in midfield hasn't been as good as he was and they've kind of chopped and changed amongst you know him and Dennis Pratt and Albrighton and Perez and you know that don't seem to know what their best 11 is right now um, but they've got Europa League football to look forward to um, there's no reason why they couldn't do some damage in that with a few signings yeah I mean we've seen we've seen the way Wolves performed this season um, and then obviously Arsenal and Chelsea get to the final, you know, last season. So English teams could do well in it. I mean, we, we, they're definitely strong enough squad-wise, you know, having the most probably money invested into our teams. You know, if you think of a Leicester from, like an equivalent of Leicester in Italy and Spain, you know, they don't have half the resources. Um, I feel that, like, our Leicesters and our Wolves and, you know, the even the mid-table teams, we've obviously got quite a lot of money invested in it. Um, so there's no reason where, where as you say, we're a few sign-ins. Um, I'm trying to think, when did, did Rodgers start this season? Yes, he joined halfway through the previous season. Right. Um, he took over from uh, Claude Puel, I think his name was. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, he's had the, 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 the improvement was there when he first came in. I remember Leicester going on a bit of a run. Um, I don't think anyone expected him to do as well as they have done. Um but you know they've got a lot of good players there, um, and of course they've had to do this 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 lockdown spell without Pereira, a right back, who I think's pretty integral to how they play. And Chilwell's missed a lot of it as well, so it's kind of understandable in some places. Yeah, just as I say, a couple a couple of signings. Like I mean, Wes Morgan has no right to be playing in a you know a top, a top Premier League side at the moment. Realistically, like so, sorry to be harsh to any Wes Morgan fans out, <laughs> but. You know, that's if you want to be Champions League team, you can't have a Wes Morgan starting for you. Like that's to it really is as simple as that. I mean, your defence is is really key, and you know, in those vital moments. Um, and I yeah. think well, and him and him and Ryan Bennett have been standing in while Soyan Shoe's been out. I enjoyed, as the, you said, so the drop off has been massive, hasn't it? Without uh, without Soyan Shoe. So, I mean, as you say, give him, see if he can make any signings in whatever time we have and, and we'll see how this season starts again for Leicester. Um, as you say, Leicester, I don't know where they finished the season before, but to get top five um, Europa League place, much higher than they, not much higher, but, you know, higher than they expected, especially when you think of the teams who have missed out on that. Um, and you, you, if you're a Leicester fan, you'd want to repeat you know, try and get that consistent level again. That's the other thing, though, isn't it? I mean, we've often talked about the Thursday night curse and how it affects your league form. Um, Wolves have kind of shot that down because they've been just as good this year as they have been any other time. They've probably been worse without having Europa League football over this, this last few weeks. Um, so I think if you've got the right mentality, it's not so much a problem. It doesn't seem to be a problem for a lot of European clubs anyway, so... I don't think it's really that much of an excuse. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a great segue on our next game, but I think you're right on that. How, how, why it affects English teams more than more than a lot of the, you know, the foreign teams, um, the European teams. Um, and Wolves, I mean, we'll go on to the Wolves-Chelsea game, but I remember Wolves saying that, obviously, they were used to the championship schedule, which mm. is a lot more intense. So that helped them when it came to the the Europa League. I think when Wolves finish the season, uh, if they get to the Europa League final, which, you know, is, is, is not too unlikely, it's something like a 60-game season. Start to finish, which is which is mad, especially now when you think they've been playing for over a year. Um, yes, <laughs> that's, that's scary. Um, obviously they missed out on on top four, which we kind of hoped this would have been like a a double battle. Um, Chelsea winning two 0 Um, a really good free kick from Mason Mount. Um, and a, a, a well taken goal. Although Conor Cody might look at himself tonight wondering what he was playing at. Uh, did you see much of this day at all? I didn't see much of the. I seen the goals. Um, it looked like that double salvo in injury time at the end of the first half kind of kind of killed it. Yeah. Um, Chelsea got what they wanted. Wolves, you know, as you say, they've had a, a good season. I feel I feel like they're, they're better than seventh, which is where they finished. Um, I feel like Spurs have kind of come from nowhere to take that spot because kind of people had written off Spurs a few weeks yeah. ago. But, um, I think Wolves will get into Europa League as long as Chelsea win in the FA Cup final, I think the permutation is. Or, of course, of course Wolves could, could win the Europa League and go into the Champions League, which would be <laughs> something, something else, wouldn't it? But, uh, yeah, it's, um, it'd be a strange one for Wolves because they, they, they've done so well for no reward. They're no better off than they were last season. Potentially worse off if they don't get into Europe. Um, yeah. And they've got to be a little bit worried about someone like Raul Jimenez moving on. Yeah, I think that not just him and his, I think their squad has the potential to be picked apart, not just by you know English teams, but European teams as well, especially the way they've performed in the Europa League. Um, I think the key thing for Wolves, this you know coronavirus break that we had, it's affected Wolves more than any other team, I feel. Um, they seem to have been horrendous since, since we came back. Um, and hence this seventh place. I mean, I was I was adamant that they were top four just three weeks ago. You know, when we were in the middle of these fixtures. Mm, well, I think they went at that game with Arsenal, didn't they? Where if they'd won, they'd have been right in the mix. Yep. And this was an Arsenal team who were fairly average at the time, and they got played off the park. They barely had a had barely had a chance of note of them. I think they had one in the very first minute of the game, and uh, they got picked off really by kind of a. A very average Arsenal team, um, and that was almost the end of it. Really, I know they beat Palace last week, but that's you know everyone's beaten Palace pretty much. <laughs> um, so again, they'll probably look at it themselves and think, you know, there's a bit of an opportunity missed. But um, I guess in a, if they keep hold of their players and they're not in Europe next season, maybe that'll be even better for them if they don't have that 60-game season to contend with. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if I was a Wolves fan, although I know it would be hard not getting in Europe because for a, a smaller club where obviously Europe means much more than, like like an Arsenal, you would rather not get into the Europa League in a way. You know, not have those fixtures. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. In well, Arsenal's case, they, I agree. But um, unless they get Champions League by winning the Europa League, you would kind of not want to get European football if I was Wolves. You know, try and keep... Try and keep the squad, you know, maybe adding a couple more. Um, I do believe there needs to be some questions asked of the manager. 
he seemed a bit lackluster of ideas, um, kind of basically like, you know, throwing mud at a wall and seeing what sticks um, at the end of the season, or just kick the ball to Adama Traore and turns <laughs> into Messi. Um, so, I I mean, I, there's nothing to be concerned about Wolves. Two, two seasons ago, they were in the Championship. Um, as you said, Dave, though, it's just whether they keep the their players intact. Um, Chelsea, on the other hand, um, I do feel Frank Lampard's getting much more credit than he than he deserves. Um, but they've made top four. They've got some exciting players coming in. I do feel they need four new defenders and a goalkeeper. Um, or fourth really is the highest they're going to finish. Yeah, they've got a very exciting team they've bought. Obviously, um, Zayek and uh, Werner have already been signed and talk of Havertz being next off the next off the plane to sign for them, which is all great. But as you say, unless they address the problems they've got, then I'm not sure they're going to be that much better off because uh, you can't expect to score three goals in every game, which is what they're pretty much going to have to do, I think, unless, uh, unless they improve that because I get the impression Lampard's had enough of Kepa. Um, obviously, dropping him today was a huge call. Um, and... Uh, the defenders, you know, Rudiger's the best of a bad bunch. Zuma's kind of been around for a while now and doesn't seem to be any better than he, than he was yeah. five years ago. Um, Christensen I've never really been that convinced with. Uh, and Tomori is very young. Um, I'm sure he might become a great defender. Right now he's accident prone, I think, probably fair to say. So they need a, a you know a proper centre-half in there. Um, who that is, I've, I've no idea. Um but they need to go shopping. Yeah, I think, I mean, the two young ones who kind of would excite as a Chelsea fan, is, is it Reese James, the, the fullback? Yeah. Um, and as you say, Tamuri as well, but they need, they need experienced quality sort of thing and beside them, you know, like a leader type player, you know, bring back a 26-year-old John Terry type because um, young guys are great Um We'll have seen them at all our clubs, you know, exciting young prospects, but they do need that experienced leader, talker, you know, still to lead them through games when they have those moments. You know, they have the mistakes in them as they do when you're young. Um, but if you've got no one beside you, or if you've got players like Rudiker or Alonso at left back, and you're, you know, it's it's not looking great, especially, I mean, even just having a, a good goalkeeper behind you will make such a difference because it'll just give you that bit of confidence. Those Chelsea defenders can't be confident, you know, with Kepa behind them. No, it can't help, can it? So that's the that's the top four wrapped up then. Um obviously Manchester United and Chelsea, which is massive for both clubs. Um and then Leicester and Wills missing out last game of the season. So we'll pop down to the bottom league quickly where it was all to play for. Um and the Watford-Arsenal game and the West Ham-Aston Villa game. Now, I've seen most of the, the Arsenal-Watford game and the West Ham-Villa more than I watched our game, Dave. Um, <laughs> and how Aston Villa have stayed up, it's really beyond me. And how Watford have managed to end up going down. And I think they ultimately deserve to just for sacking their manager when they did not been safe. Just to, maybe the strangest decision. Um, I've witnessed in the Premier League uh, what's your thoughts on both these games Dave and do you think ultimately the bottom three deserve to go down 
Um, I mean, you can argue over the course of a season. I always say, you know, the, the bottom three teams will probably deserve to be there. Um, I think Villa can count themselves extremely lucky um, because of the the ghost goal at, uh, at Sheffield United, or actually it's at Villa, but against Sheffield United, where you know Hawkeye failed, and that point has fundamentally kept them up. Um, now I know, obviously, a lot could change between that goal happening and it not happening, and you know, it's probably unfair to say that one incident has uh, has kept them up, but on the face of it, that's a point they shouldn't have had. Um, today, I mean, I, I can't say I saw loads of this match, but uh, I, thought, I think Bournemouth probably thought if if they could win at Goodison, they would have a fairly good chance of staying up. Um, Villa nabbed a goal from what I saw, and then West Ham came straight back at them. But after that, there was there was no sort of alarm bells. Um, Watford, though, as you say, the second pace and when they did was was crazy. But would Pearson have got them any points against Man City or Arsenal? Probably not. <laughs> um, I, I I just don't think that would have made a huge deal of difference. I think losing at West Ham in the way they did was more damaging than you know not having Nigel Pearson in charge against Man City and Arsenal. No, you're right. I, I, I just thought for squad harmony, you know, just talking points in general, I don't think it's a good time um, to sack a manager. And I mean, don't get me wrong, we could be totally wrong. All the players might have been advocating for it and, you know, just not working. But um, it must have been nervy times for Aston Villa and, and our very own Simon um, with the time added on in the Arsenal game as well. Um, you've seen all the fans... Um, because uh, all the all the fans, sorry, all the Villa players gathered round at the end as well, waiting on the, that result to finish. Um, I, I think I, I mentioned that in a group chat. I, I've always been fascinated, you know, on that how that emotion is. Mm, yeah. So you'll you'll have felt it yourself, Dave, at times. Oh uh, yeah. It must be just excruciating, but exhilarating for for Villa in the end. You know that relief. Um, I think you summed it up perfectly, Dave. Like they can count themselves lucky how tight it was down there. Um, one Watford goal basically saves them. Um, and I mean, I don't know if you saw it, the the video I put in our chat earlier about the, the interview we tried any. Yes, asked if it was possible we played his last ever game. Um, possibly the comment. Um, it kind of made me like Troy Deeney. I'm sure Chris, wherever he is. Is absolutely devastated that Troy Deeney's <laughs> the Premier League next season. Well, not with Watford, but who knows if uh, someone will take a punt on him. Well, there you go. Well, that's that's a that's an interesting. If you're a, a newly promoted team or a bottom half team, would you take a punt on Troy Deeney? Uh, to be honest, I probably wouldn't because of the way football is now. You don't. He's kind of an old-fashioned centre forward, and I think a lot of the teams have come up now. Um, play in a, in a way that doesn't really play to his strengths. Um, certainly, the teams that have come up can't imagine West Brom would want him. Leeds certainly wouldn't want him. And uh, well, we obviously, don't know who's going to win the playoffs, but I, I don't think he'd, he'd fit in, say, Swansea's team um, or Brentford. So, no, I, I don't think he'll be back in the Premier League, to be quite honest with you. But uh, you never know. Seems to have West Ham written all over him. <laughs> That's it. West Ham might as well bring him in as a squad player, yeah. um, or um, you know, even Aston Villa. Or even though he uh, is he an Aston Villa fan, or is it? Or is it what's his link to Aston Villa? I can't remember. Oh, I have no idea. Um, 
I didn't know who he was until that playoff game. <laughs> <laughs> he just, uh, um, I, I hadn't really paid attention much to to the championship at the time. Obviously, that that infamous goal um, in the playoff final. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's, we've we've kind of said this about Watford for years now. Is that we don't know how they still play. Like, they they're not a, a good team. No one enjoys really watching Watford. Um, they spent quite a lot of money on the likes of Saar, um, but he was about their only signing, I think. Um, and a lot of us predicted um, was Grathia was the manager at the start of the season. We, a lot of us predicted he, he would be gone, and he obviously he lasted about three games. I don't think anybody predicted Kike Sanchez Flores come back and lasting <laughs> what ten games. Yeah, um, it's just been one disaster after another for them. So they deserve to be relegated because of the, the, the series of decisions they've made um, throughout the season. I don't like their product anyway, and the fact that they've got three or four different clubs and they just cycle players between them. Like I watched Udinese beat um, Juventus the other night with um, Okaka and Ken Semmer and uh, someone else who used to be at Watford last season playing for them. It's just like how. <laughs> how, how, can, how can you essentially own all these players as a as a as a as a man and just cycle cycle off between clubs who need them? Like it's not right, is it? No, it's it's definitely. I think I don't think I've seen a more unified Premier League fan base of a team getting relegated since Stoke went down, uh, <laughs> cheering and Watford going down. Obviously, they're they're just no one's favourite team, as you say. They're they're not pretty. Um, the nobody really, you know, like. Uh, you know, a lot of people had like that soft spot for Norwich earlier on this season, and you know, people people have soft spots for maybe not so much West Ham. West Ham's maybe that other team that everybody seems to want to go down, but Watford are just that universally nobody really enjoys them. It seems to be, um, and yeah, I just I don't like the manager side of things. Just how quickly they've they've cycled through them, bringing a manager back, sacking him again two months later. Um, it was just just madness. Um, what for the what for the opponents? Um, just quickly, brief for talking there. Arsenal obviously won three two. Uh, what what next for Arsenal? Do you reckon? Uh, Aubameyang stays or goes? Um, and any signings? Uh, I'm saying this summer, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean you've got to give Arteta some credit because I think after the Brighton game, which might have been the first second game back after lockdown, they lost, and um, everyone kind of said, "Wow, like what is." What's happening at Arsenal? The broken team. Um, what next? And he, all he's done is he's basically taken out Gendouzi, who he's identified as being certainly the worst of the apples, if you like. <laughs> um, and since then, they've been pretty good, really. Um, obviously, they've made the FA Cup final, which I don't think many people give them much of a chance against Man City, the way Man City have poleaxed a lot of teams they've come up against. Um, and they were quite comfortable in that game as well. Um, Obviously, Aubameyang's your kind of your X factor, the guy they should keep at all costs. Um, I've no doubt they'll try and keep him, but does he want to play in the Europa League again at his age? He's kind of kind of ready for more, isn't he? Probably deserves to be playing Champions League football, I think, for the career he's had. And his, his, his goals record for Arsenal mad. It's something like it's probably better than one in two, I think, or close to one in two. Um, so he'll, I've no doubt he'll have offers from other from other teams, but. It's kind of now or never from It's a bit like Van Persie when he left. Um, he was kind of at that age where he was going to have to take his last big move somewhere. Um, and that'll be this summer. Or he goes for nothing the year after. Is that what it is? Yeah, I wasn't sure. Of the, the I think, yeah, I think that's right. But um, the way they were talking about it anyway is that, you know, he, 
his next move will be his last move in terms of you know his age versus um, when he can demand a big contract, basically. Yeah, so basically, the Arsenal's biggest quandary really where I'm having if he doesn't sign a new contract is balancing out as how much it's worth keeping him for the year and losing him one of three, um, or cashing in. I mean, I don't know what he would go for, um, especially now. On a, on a normal end of the season, if the season had ended in May, the way it normally would, you know, no pandemic happened, I reckon they get maybe an extra 30, 40 million for them. I'm not sure clubs are going to be spending 50, 60 million, which Arsenal were talking about, you know, in January time. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that, that value is there. It may be worth for me keeping, our, keeping them. Um, just say, look, give us this year, we'll let you go for free next year if you don't want to sign a new deal and sell Lacazette instead. Mm, yeah, I think he, may, he might go anywhere. Um, the thing about Arteta is that he's obviously played the likes of Enketia and Willock and uh, you know, given some of these younger players a chance. And I think they've, they've mostly done quite well. Um, there's no one you'd say, God, he's you know, really shown himself up. Um, obviously, Gendouzi's burnt his bridges by the looks of things, so he'll almost certainly be sold, and probably for a fair bit of money as well. Because um, he's, what, a young France national, at least French under 21, you know, he'll, yeah. he'll demand a fee. Um, and I think that one of the bigger pluses as well has been Kieran Taney. He finally looks fit and looks like an asset for them as well. Um, and they haven't had him for a lot of the year. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't praise Tierney enough. Um, I've, I've, I've called it for, for a while. I think Arsenal need to move to a back three, having Tierney. Ideally, is probably the left centre back, especially having Saka as the. If you play him as the wing back, um, and signing Saka is obviously a bonus. Um, having Tierney as a as a left centre back also adds help to if you're going to keep Louise, which they obviously they've signed they've signed a new contract with him. Um, David Louise must drive you mad though, because he has looked imperious for a few weeks now. And yet, he can, he can throw in a disaster at any given moment. Yeah. It's, but uh, it's, the back protects him from that slightly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, I get, it's another, I know we were going to say this about a lot of teams, it's a big summer for, for Arsenal, um, depending on what their goals are and Arteta's goals long term. Yeah, and of course they've got the FA Cup final to come. Um, and as we said before, if they win that, you know, great, they're in the Europa League Thursday night. Um, there must be part of them thinks, you know, it's not the end of the world if we're not in this first season. Yeah. I just think they get some real momentum playing, you know, Saturdays. just just league football and just, you know, really focusing on that. I mean, I guess they could just play like a, an almost second string team at the beginning of the Europa League if they wanted to do it that way. You know, the way Wenger used to play all these cup competitions. Um, but, yeah, I think Arsenal would benefit a year out of the competition in a way, especially Arteta, you know, to get his coaching side down, to drill the team to the way he he wants it. Um, because eighth, eighth position is not good enough for, for Arsenal, isn't it? Not the Arsenal we've we've grown up knowing, Dave. Um, yeah, well, I mean, you mentioned Wenger there. And I was just thinking about this the other day where, you know, the... He, they, he left when they were fifth or sixth, I think. Um, you know, there was the Wenger planes and banners and, you know, kind of a split fan base about whether he should stay or not. They don't seem any better off from leaving. Um, 
and whether that's down to the replacements he's had or the lack of whatever in the squad, I, I don't know. But uh, I mean, what, what do you think? Do you think was it premature in getting rid of him, or do you think they have to take a step back to maybe take some steps forward? I think they were late and then premature, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they left it too long, and then by the time they eventually did, it was there was nobody going to come in and do the job better. Um, I'm not 100% convinced on Arteta yet, but he's he's new to the game in a way as a manager, so he needs the time. But are clubs like Arsenal or other tops, is that where you learn your trade as a manager? Well, it's a big ask, isn't it? Um, well, isn't it? Especially as a player, as a you know, as a highly respected player, I don't think I'd ever. If I was like, you know, obviously the talker, like, I mean, look at Alan Shearer, the job he did for you guys, Dave. Mm. Um, like, you can't you can't cut your teeth at such a big club. I feel, um, I feel it's a big ask, especially when you're then also a, a club legend. You know, it's that it's going to be hard for them. Um, but I mean, are the signs? Brighter for them, especially in recent weeks. Yeah, but unfortunately, Arsenal just seem to have that. There's still that Arsenal mentality, if that makes sense. You know, it's, yeah. <laughs> we'll always say Arsenal have Arsenal it, and it's. I'm not sure that will go away anytime soon. They've still got massive holes to fill defensively. I, I do feel their their backup Martinez is actually better than their first choice goalkeeper. No, I I agree with that. Actually, he's um he looked very very solid indeed. Um, yeah. I couldn't fault him for anything. Um, he uh, he's been more than adequate replacement for for Leno. Um, obviously, they've got the Özil factor as well. The fact he's seen one still there and taken three hundred grand a week and hasn't played for several weeks and months. Like he, he must be first one to go, surely. Is he is he out of contract in the summer, Dave? Do you know? Anything? I I don't know to be honest. Um, Quick Google check. <laughs> I think off the top of my head, he must have must have a year to run because I think did he sign a massive mega contract not long ago because it was, it was running down and then they, I seen him doing a big a big yeah. furore about him getting that new contract. Yeah, another year. Um, it'd be interesting again. Yeah, as you say, that's they they need to to get rid uh, whether they accept a very low offer just to get him off the the wages that. What was it, three hundred thousand or three hundred fifty thousand? Ah, be something like that. It's a lot of money anyway, for that, you know, for nothing essentially. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're not even playing. I mean, whatever your your thoughts are as an Arsenal fan of Mesut Ozil, for me, I, I, a couple of years ago, I would have said build your team around him. Um, but I mean, whatever's happened, he's not wanted there. So yeah, just you know, free the wage up. Kind of, kind of reminds me of the Gareth Bale situation. Yeah, it's, it's not too dissimilar, is it? Yeah. Um, Bale's another one who could walk into pretty much every Premier League team, for my money anyway. Um, but is the desire there anymore? I think it is. I think he's just more mainly out of spite to Real Madrid, the Gareth Bale one. Um, yeah. Changed. yeah. I feel it is just a spiteful decision. You know, he's living his best life playing golf, getting to train with the best, some of the best players in the world, turning up to play for Wales when he wants to. Um, and he's still, I mean, I don't know Bale's age, but I think he's still under 30, isn't he? He must be 29 or 30, I think, yeah. it's uh, He's been around that long, obviously. He came through as like a 16, 17 year old, didn't he? So, yeah. so he's, he's, the one he can command if he goes on a three is, is ridiculous as well. And I still feel he's one of the best wingers in the world. Um, I've seen what he did to, to Liverpool, obviously, two Champions Leagues ago. Yeah. 
well, what he's done for Real Madrid is just ridiculous, um, and he's hated. <laughs> just kind of <laughs> sums, sums them up. Um, any other teams you reckon's had either a really surprisingly good season or surprisingly bad season, Dave? Well, I think we've got to talk about Sheffield United um, in terms of you know teams who have really performed above what we expected. I think I certainly it would be fair to say had them nailed on to relegation, but I certainly thought they'd be in the bottom five or six. Um, just because with any championship club that comes up, you, you, and they didn't spend a fortune either. Um, they kind of stuck with the majority of the squad they had last season. And I know we had Hal on the Sheffield United fan in our preview shows, and he was very confident about how they'd do. And I think we all kind of thought, well, this is just biased, but he was actually fairly spot on with what he said. Um, they played their way. It hasn't always been pretty, but you can't knock their results. And I know they've tailed off a little bit maybe towards the end, but it was only a few weeks ago they beat Chelsea 3 0. Yeah. They're, um, and they're, they're a unique team in the way they play. Um, kind of think of too many teams who play in the style they do. Um, but you would say that they're probably <laughs> one of the prime examples of a you know a second season syndrome team. I'd be very interested to see how they get on next year. Now teams have had a year to get used to how they play and to combat that. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Yeah, that's key. I think we kind of saw glimpses of it since we came back from the the break as well. Um, obviously, they've had some good results. You mentioned the Chelsea one, um, but obviously they started off they lost the first game back, I believe. And then they had that Aston Villa game. So, obviously, the pressure was... There there shouldn't have been any pressure, Um, obviously, the season they've had. uh, Where did they finish in the league? So, they finished ninth in the end, um, which is is a shame, really, for the season they've had. Um, But, again, another one that the break probably didn't do them any favours. And, as you say, it'd be interesting to see how they do next season, if they spend any money this season. Um, I do think Wilder's done a really good job, though. Um, oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's... If, you know, if, if Liverpool hadn't won the league by by Tatyfield, then uh, you would know, be talking about Wilder as manager of the year, really. Because um, that's... I think any club who comes up uh, and, and does as well as they've done, you know, it's, it's worth celebrating. Yeah, I, I just like his approach to the game. He seems a fairly honest and, and fairly humble guy as well. Mm. Uh, which which kind of helps, um, I guess, with teams like that. And it's probably instilled into his players as well, you know, that same type of, you know, the work rate and the, the hu- humility. Um, so, no, I think that's a great shout. Also, their opponents today, to be fair to them, Southampton, um, are sticking by the manager um, and performing the way they have since since that uh, 9-0 to Leicester. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, They've done a they've done an excellent job, and I mean Danny Ings obviously has had the season of his life. Yes, I mean that's a fair point as well. Really, that there's not many clubs who lose nine nil and then have gone on to bigger and better things. Really, I mean, I mean their form since that day must be in the top five or six, I would think, um, because they were were they 18th or 19th after that result. I seem to remember they were they were you know, they, they were down they were down there anyway. Um, and they finished eleventh, um, and haven't really been any re- in any relegation trouble since about February. <laughs> they've been uh, they've been safe for a long time. Um, and as you say, Ings is uh, just incredible. He, uh, he he doesn't miss. Like we're talking about a player here who's been around for a while, and 
All right, he's always been a good player, but every every finish seemed to get better. Um, and he made them look so easy as well. Like I think it was was it Watford that cleared at home, and he just curled on the bottom corner and, and the keeper didn't move, and it was just such a well placed finish. Uh, it was a shame for me he didn't he didn't quite manage to get the golden boot today, but uh, I hope for his sake he carries that form on because he should rightfully been been in England's Euro squad had been this summer, um, and I think he would have been. I think we've been very difficult not to take him. And I think the way Hasenhutl's got Southampton playing, now they've all bought into it, which they weren't really beforehand, and he shipped out a few players who weren't doing their bit. Um, I think they could be ones to watch next season because they, they, they play in such a way that if everyone buys in, it's very, very effective. If only six or seven buy in, it's quite disastrous. Um, but now they all seem to have bought into it. It's, uh, it's, it's quite interesting to watch. Uh, yeah, no, you're you're spot on. I think me, you, and Chris spoke about it quite a lot. You know, when when I used to do the Sunday show, we about even how important Ward Prowse is to them. Mm. Where he's kind of that old-fashioned. He's like an old-fashioned midfielder in a way. Still, I don't I don't quite know where his best position is, but he just seems to be very effective. Um, and on things, um, just just a quick note. I, I, he's just I'm so happy for him as a just as a person. You know how well he's doing. Uh, the two injuries he had, um, just the way it ended for him from at Liverpool, because I do believe he had stayed fit. I think he would have been a, a great asset under Klopp, um, even even you know as a backup at times. Or you know when we've had Firmino's had quite such a, a drought this season at home, especially. I think he's just been so so good as an asset under Klopp. Um, but I'm just pleased to do him so well. And again, another guy just comes across as a nice guy. Yeah, I think it was telling as well that when he was fit, Klopp was playing a bit towards the end of that season where you were, um, I think you were going for the Champions League, but kind of had fourth almost sewn up. I can't remember what the year exactly was, but he played quite a bit towards the end of that. And it was obviously Klopp rated him, but uh, obviously it wasn't as good as your normal front three. Um, So the talent's obviously there, and uh, he seems to have found a club that have found the way to get the absolute best out of him. And, uh, you know, he's absolutely reaping the benefits of that now. Yeah, no, that's uh, delighted with that as well. As I say, Southampton deserve the, the goodness just for the way they stuck by the manager. Um, and I agree with you, absolutely. He's done a, done a great job. So it'll be interesting again if any additions come in and if they can buy into his way. I am a lot of them. I suppose the, another interesting team to talk about just quickly as well, Dave, is, is Everton. I mean, they spent a mm. long um, to be almost a, sorry, Adam, but a meh club. They just quite. Yeah. Just, I um, yeah, just... I uh, asked the question on Twitter a few weeks ago that what Ancelotti actually bought to Everton. Um, and I had quite a lot of Everton fans telling me that he. Um, he fixed them because when when he took over, it's hard, easy to forget that they were about 16th, I think. They were uh, oh. they were going nowhere under Marco Silva, and I guess in that respect, Ancelotti's done a good job. But um, they they finished what 12th, 13th, I think, in the end. Um, yeah, 12th, yeah. Yeah, so it's not for the amount the amount of money they've spent. I wouldn't be too happy with 12th. However, when you consider they spend that money on a Wobi, sorry, Chris. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Walcott's still getting a game. Um, 
they spent big money on Michael Keane, who's all right. He's he's probably better than what they had, but he hasn't been great. Um, Yerry Mean is always injured pretty much. Um, Luca Dina, very good, but hasn't. It's more of a more of an attacker than a defender for me. But you know, you could go through their entire team really and, and pick out all these players have got pros, but they also have massive cons. Um, I think like Fabian Delph, very injury prone. Uh, Andre Gomez obviously had a big injury. Sigurdsson hasn't been anywhere near as good as he has been in previous seasons, but I guess he is getting on a bit now. And there's kind of like a club in transition where they, they, they've got a great manager in. The manager's far better than the players. It reminds me a bit of when Benitez was at Newcastle and that Ancelotti's achieved great things in his coaching career. But Everton haven't consistently been a great team for, well, you tell me, maybe 30, 40 years now. Um can you get them back to where they were back then? I doubt it in this day and age, unless they're going to spend billions of pounds. Um, what's what is this the, the plan for Evan? Can they can they challenge the top four? I mean, there's 17 points adrift of that right now, and let's be honest, never showed any signs of getting anywhere near it. I think you've brought up a great comparison there um, with the, the Rafa, you guys, and. And Ancelotti there, and I think that it just shows the different styles of manager. What the perplexed me with Ancelotti going to Everton now, Everton have got the money, we know this, and um, they've wasted a lot, you know, in recent years. But Ancelotti is one of those managers who spends a lot of money, you know, he doesn't, he, I wouldn't say, I mean, I didn't watch him in his, in his younger management time, but in the, in the times I've seen him, he doesn't seem to nurture players, there's not a lot of. Not, 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 uh, not a lot of coaching. But Rafa Benitez was such a tactical tactician. You know, everything was, you know, everybody had a place. Um, I've heard Liverpool players talk about it. I've heard you talk about it, Dave. Just how, you know, how how precise he was when mm. you was Ancelotti. Yeah. Whether he's a he's a better manager than Benitez or better than any manager that we can even compare it. He he, he kind of he's good with ready-made players. Yes. Um, yeah. Before Klopp, I think it was before Klopp. Well, it was definitely before Klopp because obviously I've never wanted rid of Klopp. Um, but when we actually it was talked about, maybe just amongst the fans at Liverpool, um, and it was kind of kind of agreed that yeah, he might be okay for you know one or two seasons where he would buy you know that the top players we needed to take that next step. What we felt at the time, and I, I don't know, are ever in that club who could like. Not that Liverpool, obviously, five, six, seven years ago, we were still Liverpool, though. People still believed in that brand. People seem to forget Everton were one of the biggest clubs in England. Mm. Because it's been so long, Liverpool obviously have had at least, you know, European Cups, and the odd FA Cups so still perceived, and they've obviously still got that rivalry with, like, say, United, so they're always talked about. Everton, no offence to Everton fans in Everton, they're still just looked at as, like, you know, Liverpool's other team. <laughs> and, and it's not nice to say when, and that's the big thing. The big, like, if you're a top player, um, and you can choose even between, I dare I say it, Leeds United, still a massive club, and especially with Bielsa, you're chosen between same wages, same value, Leeds or Everton. That's a big decision to make. Ancelotti is your only, you know, your only attractiveness. To go to Everton, and that's that's a as you say, Dave. That's a, your manager is better than your players, mm. and for for you guys at Newcastle at the time, 
obviously you were in the champ. Well, your lower league, he went down with you, didn't he, Rafa? And then brought you yeah, back. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it was the fight in relegation. It was coming back up and then solidifying um, under Rafa. Whereas Everton are always that mid-table team. They're looking to take that next step up to Europe top four. But players must be looking at them concerned in a way. Well, that's it. They just need a bit of a rebuilding job doing, don't they? But uh, we seem to be saying this about just about every club. Um, it's, uh, there's a lot of clubs who are kind of at a, at a, a crossroads as to, you know, are they going to go up the table or are they going to go down the table? Um, if Evan got after a bad start next season, you wouldn't be surprised to see Ancelotti not there anymore. Um, because for any manager who's used to success to then suddenly be scrapping around 10th, 11th, 12th, it's probably not for him, is it? I mean, it, it, I just kind of see that scenario happening. If they're not up in the, in the top seven or eight, what's the point? As you say, he's, I can't see him staying there for five, six years to, you know, eventually get them back in the Europa League. Like, it it, it doesn't work, does it? No, um, you get success. Yeah, exactly. And as you say, Everton aren't short of a few quid because of their owners. Um, I assume he's promised quite a bit of that money. Um when he signed, obviously, kind of the world has changed a lot since he became manager. Um, and the one thing you would say is that he, he made Calvert Lewin a very good player. Um, yeah. Pre lockdown, post lockdown, not so much. But uh, if they keep hold of Richarlison, who I think had some interest in somewhere like Barcelona, wasn't it? It was something ridiculous in January. Now, whether that was true or not, anyone's guess. But um, I think we can probably all agree that Richarlison's their standout player. Him and him and Dina are probably the, the best yeah. two. Um, if you keep hold of those two, then that's a start. But he seems to he must have five or six players he wants rid of tomorrow, which will free a lot of the wage bill as well. Yeah. But it's like, does anybody want to buy Fabian Delph? He might go back to Leeds, <laughs> where, where, where he started. Um, Ross is quivering in his boots. Well, it? this is it. But you know, he's injury prone. Everyone raves on Fabian Delph, like all coaches and things say he's great to have around and things like that, which, you know, lovely, but do you want to be paying a player 60 grand a week to be lovely to have around? Like, it just doesn't work, does it? So, um, there's a lot of questions to answer. Um, and Everton's going to be a pretty interesting story, I think, this summer. No, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Right, we'll just quickly brush over a couple of scores just to, to fill everybody in. So, Brighton beat Burnley, um, meaningless game, 2-1 Brighton. Um, we had Crystal Palace and Tottenham 1-0. As you mentioned earlier, Dave, Tottenham seem to have come from nowhere um, to get sixth place. Yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of people talk about Mourinho and how he's a busted, busted flush and you know, not as good as he used to be. But again, it's kind of hard to forget that when he took over, they were they were mid-table. Um, they were going nowhere at all under Pochettino. And that's, I don't think that's a slight on Pochettino whatsoever. I just think there'd been a breakdown between some important people at that club um, and someone had to go and obviously he's always the manager in that scenario um, I think Mourinho's done very well to get them to where he has and where, the, where he took over and I think it'll probably be overlooked because he hasn't won anything and they've had some shocking results along the way but uh, it's Mourinho it's, it's kind of every result he has is is, uh, is under the microscope yeah, I, you're right. But I mean, he's brought it on himself, and I'm sure he doesn't care too much. Um, but yeah. He has done, he's done maybe just what was expected 
Um, yeah. I just say, yeah, I had it because it's because it's Jose. They expect you know league challenge basically every season. Um, but yeah, Spurs were were broken really. Um, I think the Champions League final last season kind of crushed them, um, and maybe just they were the style of play they were playing at the time. They just come to an end. They couldn't keep up that. Yeah. It- it reminded me a little bit of Newcastle under Sir Bobby Robson in the in the early two thousands, where we would finished uh, third, fourth, and fifth. Yep. And uh, it was a kind of a time where a lot of the players thought they'd made it, um, and I think they kind of either wanted bigger moves or thought they deserved better moves, or you know, for whatever reason they they stopped working as hard as they were. Um, and in that case, obviously Bobby got sacked very early on in the season. Yeah. Um, and we end up finishing something like 14th in the game soon as. Um, that's probably what would have happened if Pochettino had stayed for any longer period of time. Um, I think they changed the manager probably at the right time to salvage something from the season. And I say that's not a slight on Pochettino as a manager or anything. I just think he'd that players have become a bit toxic by all accounts. No, I think you're spot on there. Um, I think even Poch, though, had spoke about if he'd won the Champions League, he was going to resign. I think you, you get that feeling that there was something in the water, you know, before then. Yeah, I think obviously having the, the big stadium um, cost him a fortune, obviously had a, an impact on what he could spend on not just players, but also wages. So anyone he wanted to buy to try and improve that squad um, was going to have to be done on a, probably a smaller budget than he would have liked, mixed in with the likes of Vertonghen and Alderweireld and... Uh, probably a couple of others whose contracts were running down or they were looking for new contracts. And you're probably thinking, Christ, the, you know, the writing's on the wall here. This squad's only going to get worse over the next six to 18 months. Um, why am I not being backed a bit more? And the answer is because they've spent a billion pounds on a stadium. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that's probably where it all stemmed from. No, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um Two, two other results to cover. Well, we'll ignore one of them. Man City 5, Norwich 0. Um, just a typical Man City. They either win 5 0 or drop points. Uh, <laughs> there's no in between for City. And then our game at the end, Dave. Um, meaningless game for both of us. 3 uh, 1 Liverpool. Um, nothing or not really in the game. It was kind of one of those just. Yeah, well, we did all our attacking in the first 30 seconds. Uh, got, our, got our goal, which I think. BT missed because they were showing a replay of the foul and obviously Shelby took a quick free kick and then next thing the ball's in the net and I'm thinking, great. But uh, yeah, it was um, a strange game in that we, we were never going to be favourites. Obviously Liverpool rested their front three and still dominated possession, dominated the chances. Um, Van Dijk's header was very nice. Um, fair play for that. Uh, Origi's shot was good but I thought Dubravka could have done better with it. Um and then Mane, well, if you're going to show Mane onto his right foot at this stage of your career, then why are you even a Premier League defender? Like, it's, It was so obvious what was going to happen. I don't know why we, why I didn't show him down the line. but Yeah, it was strange. And not, and not even just carrying on showing him onto the right foot, you know, and like trying to go with it. Um, especially the front. Mane, for me, has been our best player this season. Um, one, yeah. One yeah. of the best players on um, consistent level, anyway. Um, I think he's been phenomenal and I hold my hands up to say that I thought we overspent on him um, when we signed him um, hence why I play football manager and 
I'm not a professional manager. What do I know? But yeah, I mean, for, like it's um, mid-table finish for you guys. Probably what you were more than you were expecting, Dave, with Bruce as your manager. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't expect us to do particularly well, and we haven't. Um, I've said many times we're lucky to have as many points as we do. Yeah. Um, we've eked out a few results, which you know the points don't mean any less. You still got the points, so you're not not going to take that away from them. Um, what's always got my goat is people being desperate to say, well, he's done a better job than Rafa and whatever else, because it's just not true. Um, we actually have finished with a point less than we got last season, which uh, will please the, the Rafa fans out there. But um, uh, the one thing I'd say is that at least once we got safe, he, he tried to make us play more expansive. Um, yeah. And you don't mind so much if if there was a means to an end. Um We've looked better with Gale in the team, which I never thought I'd say, but again, compa- compared to Joel Linton, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, spent a lot of money on Joel Linton as well. That's, it's... Well, that's the, that's the other thing as well. Um, always been compared to Benitez, but Benitez had nothing to spend. Um, he got us 10th with Hosselu and Dwight Gale as our, as our available strikers, <laughs> which <sighs> is a miracle to this day. So, um, it's not fair to continue to compare the two because you, you know there'll be things Bruce has had and vice versa Benitez had that Bruce hasn't had. So comparing them pointless. But the bottom line is we're going nowhere as a club until we get a change of ownership. To be fair, it sounds like Ashley's accepted an offer. Um, it's not down to him that the Premier League have spent 16 weeks mulling over whether to accept it or not. Um, I think 16 weeks is ridiculous. Um, I know they used Project Restart as an excuse, but we've now had not just the restart, the whole bloody thing's done. Um, the transfer window opens tomorrow, I think, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just give us a clue one way or another. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, what what the date was the 12th of September? Um, the, the league starts, we're on the 27th of July tomorrow. Um, I mean, you would like to think Newcastle fans, manager, coaches would really hope that this deal was either yes or no, at least, um, in the next, say, two weeks to give themselves... I mean, you'd like to think the the management team, you know, compiled lists regardless. Um, but, I mean, yeah, as you said, Dave, 16 weeks, it's just... Like, what were they doing during lockdown? Like, you know, they could, 24 hours a day, you can't tell me they were discussing how to back out. Nobody expected it to last as long as it did. You know, really, when it when it first happened. No, and to be honest, I thought they would rush to get it through during lockdown because it, you know there would be less um, impact on the headlines and stuff because everyone was talking about this, you know, killer virus rather than uh, who wants to cast United. And you know, we could sit here all day and talk about human rights and what's you know what's right and what's wrong to own a football club. Um, if there is a flaw in the ownership and directors test, that's not our fault. No. Um, and you kind of try and rewrite it now that now because one of your favourite clubs isn't being taken over. Because I do think I do think that's part of it. I think if this was if this was Man United, it would have been waved through by now. Um, yeah, I can't deny it. Um, just even just a big club. Yeah. Who'd bring who'd bring money? I mean, not saying Newcastle aren't a big club, Dave. I don't mean it. No, you know, no, no. I totally understand what you mean. Type type feeling. I feel if any of our clubs, um, Liverpool, City, well. Well, just look at Man City's <laughs> situation, to be honest. Um, but, I mean, I, I hope for, for yourself's sake, Dave, that, uh, as you say, you get an answer either way. Um, and what you know now, 
I would imagine the, the fee that Ashley's accepted will be leaked at some point. Um, so at least it would give other prospective buyers, you know, that ballpark figure. Yeah, well, there's, there's been rumours of this guy called Henry Morris, or Maurice, I'm sure you pronounce it, but he's an American, uh, I think he's a billionaire, but he's he's got a checkered past, to say the least, and he's allegedly got a counteroffer on the table that if, for whatever reason, the, the PIF deal falls through, he will um, he will swoop in with the offer. Um, I suppose the, the positive you can take from Newcastle fan is that Ashley's accepted the deal, um, and he is happy to sell up, which, again, many of us feared would never, ever happen. Yeah. Um, the problem is, if, if this doesn't go through, I think no matter who the, the next owner is, they will not have the wealth available that you know the, this potential ownership would have. And we'll be forever thinking, well, what might have been? Because yeah, um, yeah, we're never going to get a better opportunity to uh, to you know change the fortunes, not just the club, but of the whole city. Because um, they're planning, allegedly, to invest in, uh, in, the, in the city and the new training ground. And it's exactly what the economy needs right now and I know again there's a big question mark over their human rights and whatever else but that's as a football fan that's not my problem I know that's a horrible thing to say but no. it's it's uh, you know I think a lot a lot of people who've got money have got it from ill-gotten gains um, it's just easier to prove with these guys than it is with others because of how obvious they are about it um, but you know there are people outside of football who should have stamped down on this a long time ago. And if they haven't, then I don't see why they have to start now. No, I, 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 no I'm with you, Dave. Um, I, I think especially, as you say, most important thing is we, we just need answers. You know, mm. we just, we just say yes or no. It's just, you know, it's... Well, this is it. I mean, if they say no, at least, at least Steve Bruce can plan. Because the worst case scenario is that nothing happens until four or five weeks down the line and they go, actually, we're not going to do this deal for whatever reason. And then we've got two weeks under Steve Bruce to find three or four, five, six players, you know, however many players you want, get them, integrate them, and try and have a competitive season. Because we've seen before, Newcastle are usually in the bottom three by uh, by October, November time. And uh, it's a hard slog after that. Yeah, or even vice versa, you know, getting the green light two weeks before, you know, like, what can you do? You know, if you're plan, you know, because there'll be no plans at the moment, well, not plans, but there'll be no signings coming in or out at the moment, I'd imagine. So if all of a sudden you were two weeks, like, that's when, you know, teams start holding you to ransom. Mm-hmm. You don't get the players you want, you know, you just rush them to buy them just because they're available. Um, you know, you want to do it. I mean, who knows if Steve Bruce is even going to be the manager, you know, under the new... Well, the way I'm saying it at the minute is that I imagine he'll be the manager regardless. Right. Um, just because of the amount of upheaval he'd have to do. But again, again if he gets a green light tomorrow, then that changes everything. Yeah. You've got, you've got time on your hands, but the longer it goes, you risk upsetting the squad and any potential signings with, well, I don't know who the manager is, um, which I, you know, I get, but uh, it's not ideal for us. And if anything, it's going to be detrimental the longer it goes on. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. So, good luck with that, um, and we'll see what happens. That well, let's let's do one little quick game um, before we before we end this up for the season. Let's rate each team how you think their seasons went, Dave. So we'll start at number one. We'll go down to the bottom and rank them A to. All right, and and then feel. Uh, so Liverpool to start, yeah. Um, start at Liverpool. 
well, they're, they're obviously obviously an A, a star if possible. I mean, you can't get 99 points every every year, can you? That's uh, as good as it gets. Yeah, yeah, A for, a for me here. Um, I think number two at Man City is an interesting one, Dave. What would you give City? Um, I'm going to give them a, a, a B minus right now, um, purely because they're still in the Champions League. Um, if they win the Champions League this season, it's perfect for them, really. Um, I think I think City fans would probably take winning the Champions League or win the league um, because they, you know they haven't done that yet. Um, but you know, failure in the FA Cup, they've won the League Cup, which they seem to always win. Yeah. Means nothing. Um, but obviously, their the league form has, has fallen quite badly from last season. So, um, if they win the Champions League, it's all saved. But right now, it's a very average season for them. Yeah, I, I give them a I give them actually a C plus. I think the drop offs inexcusable for a team like Man City with the money they've spent and the players they have. But again, the same as you, it could go to a B. I'm not I'm not looking at it from the fans' point of view. I think you're right. I think the fans and maybe even the manager um, may feel the the the, the Champions League is more important. But if they win that, you know, I'd be I'd happy to bump them up to a B. Maybe oh. even a plus. So I'm uh, playing Man City on their day over one leg. You're not going to get a better chance to win it. Absolutely. If they don't win it this year, they never will. Is that <laughs> Yeah, well, it's the same for a lot of clubs, though. I mean, to go off topic, you look at someone like Atlanta, who scored goals for fun. Um, they yeah, must be licking their lips at the prospect of playing one-legged football for the Champions League. Well, that's what I said about rules in the Europa as well. You know, mm. we're pre, pre-Christmas form. Um, I wouldn't fancy anybody. Um, so... So you went B, B minus, did you say there, Dave? Yeah, I did. Yes, yeah. Okay. So, so Man United. Um, I, I'm going to go for a, a a B B plus purely for the second half of the season. Um, and that they'll keep Ole for for a couple of more years now because they've succeeded. <laughs> yeah, same to be honest. I mean, B plus, even maybe even A when you think of what their their aim at the start of the season would be back in the Champions League, and they are. Um, hasn't has not always been pretty. Didn't think it would happen at some points, but they've they've done it. And that's you know mission accomplished. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Chelsea, Chelsea. I'm going to go for a, a B minus, Dave. Um, I, I do think maybe even a C plus, or maybe being too generous. I do think Frank Lampard's done what he was expected, not actually overachieved like people are, are giving him credit for. Uh, what about yourself? Uh, I think I'd probably give Chelsea a B. To be honest, my main re- reason for that is that they lost Eden Hazard, who we all said pretty much carried them for the last season or so. Um, and they obviously couldn't bring anybody else. Um, they've blooded a lot of young players, um, which again ha- they hadn't done for a long time. Um, and they've they finished fourth, but they've always they've never really been below fifth as far as I can remember. They've always been in and around that that uh, that kind of time. And they've got the FA Cup final to come. So I think a lot of Chelsea fans were fearing the worst, possibly not being in the Champions League next season. Um, unproven manager, Premier League level, and they've. They've passed with flying colours. No, yeah, fair. I'm still, I'm still sticking with the C just because they were third last season. Europa League winners. Um, yeah, they lost Hazard, but they also gained two lone players who were, you know, excelling um, and brought back. And Pulisic, you know, kind of said. Yeah, well, that's true. We got him in January, didn't they? So he, uh, he was new this season, I guess. Leicester. Um, if you'd asked me at Christmas time, Leicester. <laughs> Um, I, I think they have to get a C purely. You can't have that second half of the season form, um, regardless of where they finished. Um, I think it's too much of a drop off, um, and I, I drop them down to a C plus. 
yeah, I think they'll be extremely disappointed with how things have gone since 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 lockdown, but also since Christmas. I mean, obviously, they kind of tamely went out the FA Cup and the league forms dropped off a cliff. So yeah, it's got to be a C, hasn't it? Yeah, Tottenham, uh, an interesting one, as you say. We mentioned them earlier. What's your thoughts on them then? Well, I mean, for the season as a whole, you'd have to say it's probably a C because um, they were Champions League finalists the previous season. Um, and they aren't going to be in the competition next season. They went out in the last 16 stage. Um, was the season their great escape in the Champions League where they were they lost their first couple of games and somehow got through? Yeah, yeah. Feels like an absolute lifetime ago now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, oh, was it this season? Was that when uh, got to the final? Oh, maybe it was. Yeah, sorry. I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't remember anything. <laughs> um, either, either way, the season's been bang average. I think. If you set the Spurs at the start of the season, you're going to finish sixth. You know the last 16 in the Champions League. You're going to lose in the FA Cup to Norwich. Um, no, no thanks. I think would have been the answer to that. I think I might not find out the ID now. <laughs> like now, the way the way you put that out there, Dave. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> not. It's uh, I don't know. I I do feel maybe a, maybe a C minus. I don't. Yeah, it's just one of those. I think when you look at, I know they've finished six in the end, Dave, but I think just the way you put that out there, you know, Champions League finalists, obviously top four, not in the Champions League now, out all the cups, never really put a challenge in. Didn't someone ridiculous, someone ridiculous beat them in the Carlin Cup as well, or whatever it's called, the Carabao Cup? Was it not Colchester or something knocked them out? Like, I remember it being someone ridiculous. You know, you could be right. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. You know, You've convinced me on this, Dave. Um, let's just go C minus before we make it any worse for Jesse. Um, Wolves. Yeah, um, it's a hard one, isn't it? It's, it is. I mean, again, you can't. You would never say Wolves finishing seventh. It should be a disappointment. Um, but, but at the same time, as it stands right now, they're, they're not in Europe next season, um, which I guess is. It's a, it's a it's a fall off from last season, isn't it? So I'm going to give them a C again because you know they haven't. It's not a disaster for them if they're not in, but uh, I feel like they should have done better than they have. I'm going to be harsh, and it's mainly because of my own expectations, let alone Wills. I'm going to give them a D, just purely because of high. As you say, they're not in at the moment. They're not in Europe. Um, the way they've ended the season, how close they were getting the top four, and they. They didn't have too hard a run of fixtures either. Um, I think Wolves should be very disappointed in how their season's finished. Unless they go and win the Europa League. Um, I think they'll should be they they'll be quite disappointed from the position they were in. Um, we'll move on to Arsenal in eighth, and I'll, I'll just jump right in, and I'm going to give them a... I'm going to give them a C-, D+, plus, you know, in them out there... Um, this is poor from Arsenal. Could have been lower, really. Yeah, I'm on a, I'm on a D with them right now. Um, again, if they, if they win the FA Cup, that's obviously going to help. But uh, Arsenal, a club of their size, historically have never really been below fourth uh, in the Premier League era. Um, being eighth and actually being mid-table for the majority of the season as well. Um, it's not like they were they were once fourth and they've fallen off. They've literally been around ninth, tenth, eleventh the whole season. Yeah, no, that's fire. Chef uh, United, it's hard not to give them an A here. Um, yeah, I think you've got to give them pretty much the highest you can. Um, 
it would have been nice for them to finish seventh, but the the finishing in the top half as a promoter club is fantastic. I think uh, they deserve an A for that. Yeah, and not on a negative goal difference, which is which is massive um, for a club like Sheffield United. Yeah, yeah, fair play. When you think of our next club, Burnley, renowned as having one of the best def- uh, best goalkeepers in the league, best defence in the league, I've got a minus seven goal difference. It's uh, quite remarkable, really. Yeah. What's your, what's your rating for Burnley, then? Uh, it's just a solid C. They're 10th, which are probably probably actually higher than they should have been. Um, but it's it's Burnley. Like the, the, They don't really seem to have any... Uh, any targets in like they never have a cup run, do they? Like you never think, oh, you know, they've, they've yeah. consolidated the league position. Let's do well in the cups. They're just mid-table at best. Yeah, kind of happy to be there. Aren't they? they just do what they need to do and then kind of tail off. I, I'm a big fan of Sean Dyche. Um, but yeah, it's a solid CC plus for me for them. I, th- I think he needs a new club. To be honest, Sean Dyche, as we just said, like Burnley are going nowhere. Like they, they've had the Europa League experiment, failed miserably, nearly got relegated with it. Um, and by the sound of things, he's a little bit at odds with his chairman. I think yep. I don't know if you caught the tail yep. end of this, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if he'll still be there. Yeah, he, he kind of deserves that chance, doesn't he? Somewhere uh, I did say that I think Arsenal should have took a look at him and tried, you know, because Arsenal need a reset, mm. so they need someone like that to just to try and solidify them. Um, so after Burnley, um, we've got Southampton. Um, for me, Southampton season has to be given something like a B minus, uh, yeah. because to lose nine um, nil and then have the run that they've went on with not really any additions that I can think of. Um, but Hasselhoff has done a great job and Danny Ings, so yeah, I think I'm going to go a B minus here. Yeah, I fully agree with that. I think I seem to remember at the start of the season when we did the preview. We talked to Alex about Southampton, and they he was hopeful they could push towards the you know the. Seventh, eighth kind of spots because I think they finished the previous season pretty strongly. Um, again, a lifetime ago, can't really remember. Um, so when they were getting beat nine nil and things, they were probably fearing the worst. So to pull all that round and become you know a pretty good team to watch as well, they've got to be pretty happy with with eleven. So yeah, B B B minus is fine with me. Yeah, hey, on to that club we we spent quite a long time discussing Everton in twelve. Yeah, it's a, it's a solid D for me. They've um, they're well below what I'd expect Everton to be. Yeah, no, I can't, I can't disagree. Nothing much more to add than we added on earlier on. I, they've got no identity. I'm not sure where they're going. Um, yeah, solid D, and I'll, I'll just match it with my 14 places. Same with Crystal Palace. Um, it's it's a D, possibly D minus. I don't know how this team are still there. In fairness, um, they're one of those teams that I still wonder why they're still in the Premier League. Yeah, that's. Uh... That's a fair point. <laughs> That's just strange. I mean, without Zaha, who hasn't even been great, they just look awful. Well, this is it. Um, I also just read he's asked to leave, um, which is going to have a huge impact on them, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yes, unless they can get the right money in, but then who do they spend it on? Well, that's a, I suppose that's a million-dollar question, isn't it? But uh, I just think Palace are a club that's in need of, uh, of, a, of a reset, which I think you said. It's, um, you know, Roy Hodgson's done a good job of stabilising them, but where where do they go? Like, I think there's a ceiling to what they can achieve. Yeah, no, I, I agree. 
Um, I think we did miss out your team, Dave. Um, there. Well, I'll, I'll let you go first in your rating. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess you know we've stayed up, which is it's the club's ambition. It's not the fans' ambition, but that's what the club want. Um, we've stayed up fairly easily. You know, we've picked up results sort of consistently. Um, I guess that's the difference between this season and the Rafa seasons is that we'd, we'd go on longish runs without a win um, and then get three or four wins in the bounce and all of a sudden we'll be all right. We've kind of consistently picked up points under Bruce um, and therefore we, we were safe a little bit earlier. Um, I, 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 you know, we've stayed up. I kind of say fair on that, so C for me. Yeah, no, solid C for me. I think I, I expected you to be in a battle for relegation, if I'm honest, Dave. Um, I did think it was always going to be three teams worse off. But I didn't think you'd be as comfortable as you were. Yeah, it's a bit mad because we're like bottom of every statistic for like you know chances created and possession and you know every attack and stat basically. Right. Um, Yet somehow we have forty-four points and no one really knows how. Um, But it's the the miracle of uh, of Steve Bruce, I guess. Absolutely, and you'll take that every season. (laughs) Well, I guess so. Yeah. Um, So we'll jump to fifteenth now and Brighton. I don't know how to rate Brighton. I, I do believe they should be higher. I, I quite enjoy watching them. Um, but they're also very meh players. Yeah, I think with Brighton, I thought they would get relegated. Um, and that was purely because any club who goes from playing the way they used to play, which was um, hoof it long to Glen where we play for set pieces, um, <laughs> to rip that up and say, right, we're basically going to play total football. I'm just thinking this is going to end in disaster. I'm thinking like Frank de Boer, Crystal Palace type disasters. <laughs> um, and to be fair, I mean, all right, they haven't been fantastic, but I've never really thought Brighton are going to get relegated. Um, they've kind of always had their heads above water. And for that, I think you've got to give them a C. Like, you know, I can see what they're trying to do. Um, they've signed the right type of player. Um, even like Lamptey, who they picked up from Chelsea in January. Yeah. Um, I can't. I couldn't believe Chelsea let him go, to be honest. Um, but I guess they're probably looking at him and thinking, "Well, Reese James isn't going anywhere for a while, so you know, probably no point having him." But um, yeah, I think that the, the, they've got an idea of how they, what they want to be as a club. Um, they've got a manager who seems more willing to implement that, um, and they've done it. If they, if they obviously next season will be the, the real proof if they can improve further, then there's no reason why they can't continue in that in that manner. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah, see for me as well. Um, as you say, it'll be interesting to see with a full transfer window again for Potter and see what he does. I, I, I'm quite, I'm, I'm quite intrigued by him. He seems a nice guy. Seems quite humble. Uh, I like the way he's got them playing, and as you say, they're fun to watch. Yeah, I think any manager who's gone abroad to a league like the Swedish league, and you know, it's it's not the the natural path for uh, for getting to the Premier League, but I kind of respect him more for doing it. Yeah, um, and I think. He's, he's stuck to his guns and how he's going to play. Could have been, he could have dead easily put Glenn Murray on uh, every match and just said, well, let's just do what we're good at. Um, but he hasn't. Um, and, you know, even like Shane Duffy, who was probably their best player um, under Chris Hewton, isn't even a starter now because he's had the, the, you know, the, the belief in his, his views to, to play like Adam Webster, who obviously came in for big money, but plays in a totally different manner to, uh, to the, the previous players he had. And obviously they've just seen Adam Molana as well, which will be an Yeah, I, I like that signing for them. I think he'll fit in well with the way they play. Um, he um, 
has a bit more experience as well, a bit more Premier League experience than the likes of you know Mopey and Trossard and uh, some of the others they've got at that end of the field. So I think if he's fit, it's an asset, definitely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, West Ham. Uh, it's a definite D, bordering on an E. Um, yeah, they've stayed up. It's what saved them, isn't it? It's just... They've stayed up, um, but they've you know they've had another disastrous season for a club of West Ham size. Um, and the amount of money they've spent when you think they've got Philippe Anderson in there, who's 40 million. Yeah. Haller arrived to a similar fee. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. And if it wasn't for Antonio, they would have gone down. Um, he's dragged them, kicking and screaming, out the out the bottom three. Um, so fair play to him, because he's not really a forward, but he's he's um, he's, he's done sterling work in that position. No, I yeah, I can, it's, it's a D for me. I, I wanted to give them an F, but they stayed up, so... Um, Aston Villa. I mean, I get. I guess it has to be a D because they've stayed up, but they spent a lot of money. Well, stayed up and made a cup final. Um, right enough, yeah, they were in the league cup final. Yeah, which again probably should have marked it down against Leicester because there's no way they should have lost over two legs to a club who's seventeenth, um, yeah. or wherever they were at the time. And Leicester were flying. I mean, that was a bad result, I think. But um, yeah. If you said at Newcastle you're going to finish 17th but make the cup final, I'd probably have taken that. Um, again, it's kind of indicative of where my club is at the minute and that we don't really try, so the excitement of a cup final will be quite, you know, nice. Um, those fans got a nice day out at Wembley. Christ knows when we're next going to day out at Wembley, anybody. Um, the way we are with spectators now, they've stayed up. I think we should be fairly happy with that. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, as I, I, I mentioned, obviously, at the start of the pod, I mean, if you, as you say, Dave, you're, you get a cup final, which is a day out, plus you get that emotion, you know, the emotion roller coaster of being 17. It's much better than finishing 12, 13, 14, always safe, no cup run. Like, you, by February, you don't, you don't, you actually got nothing to care about. You know, it's just, yeah, watch your team because. You love them, and it's kind of instilled in your brain that it's what you're meant to do. So I I, I agree with you in a way um, that yeah I, I would rather I'd rather my club finish 70 in a cup final than even top 10. That's not a European place. Like who cares? Like it's, there's not much difference in a way if you're not winning. I mean I think especially obviously larger team fans underestimate how good a cup final day is. Yeah, well, it's been a long time since we've had one, but uh, yeah. you know we had we had back-to-back cup finals in the nineties and been dying to replicate that ever since, really. But uh, one day, one day, our day will come. I hope. <laughs> definitely coming, Dave. It's definitely coming. Shall we just put the bottom three? Yeah, um, yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't give them anything more than F, can you? They've uh, yeah. they've gone down. They failed at whatever it was they were meant to be doing. Um, I guess the biggest the biggest surprise is probably, you say Bournemouth or Watford. I mean. Um, probably Bournemouth for me for the money they've spent um, everybody goes on about Eddie Howe being this top manager and how he deserves a bigger club but the way he spent money at Bournemouth um, he doesn't deserve a job in the championship um, I know Solanke's now got two Premier League goals <laughs> maybe three I can't remember uh, but the money they spent on him they, they have spent money um, whatever people think um, and they just haven't looked even the football they played maybe last season, you know, you got the odd game. Um, but they, for me, Norwich was kind of expected in a way. Watford, just glad to see them go. But Bournemouth, 
I, I would never have put them in the bottom three um, if you'd asked me at the start of the season. I don't think. It's just been a slow decline, hasn't it, over since they've been in the Premier League. They kind of had a, a good start. Mm. They've kind of just dropped off little by little, season by season, haven't they? And uh, I think probably all expect them to be in the bottom five or six because they, was it last season they finished really badly and then yes. you know, they, they were starting to get sucked in. And whenever a team does that, you start to think, you know, are these, uh, is this going to carry on as a rut? Um, and it didn't for a while, and then it kind of just dropped off a cliff, didn't it? Um, Callum Wilson stopped scoring. Uh, and, I mean, they've never really solved their centre-half problems. Nathan Ake is good, but the combination of Steve Cook, Simon Francis, anyone else they've played there hasn't really been Premier League standard for four years now. So um, I guess it was going to catch up with them eventually. Yeah, never had a solid goalkeeper. Ryan Fraser stopped playing for them. Um, I uh, just probably Brooks, should... Brooks had injured as well, yeah, fair point. They probably should have cashed him in Callum Olsen. Um, <laughs> well, I'd have, I'd have met Newcastle for certain. Um, but he... That's their money to concern. Well, yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm hoping that, that um, they, they take an interest in Divacarigi at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> um, we can get about 80 million for him from Durham. Yeah, well, that's it. Um, and he scored today, so if we just send them that goal... As the <laughs> package, um, but no, that was that was fun, Dave. Um, as you say, I think the bottom three get the four, uh, get the get all Fs. Um, well, and I think we should play a quick fire yes or no with you, Ali, because you've right? you've asked you've asked me a lot of questions. So stuff that is is in that may not stay for next season. So what what's your opinion on water breaks? Keep them or get rid of them? I I I get rid of the water breaks. Yeah, me too. It's no place for them in English football. Fair enough, I suppose, in June and July when it can be warm, but for the majority of the time, it's I like, eight, it's like eight degrees. Period, just for the amount of games, obviously, the, some players were playing. Um, but yeah, no, I wouldn't keep them. No, definitely not. No, I think we're going to go down a, a dangerous path if they'll start having adver- advertising on them and they'll become full. Yes. You know, like timeouts, and it, it's well, just not needed. It. Ah, forget about that. Um, five subs? Keep it. You'd keep it, would you? Yeah, I've no issue with the, the keeping it. I would restrict it to, I think it's the rule anyway, you can only make three lots of changes. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like it personally, but yeah. uh, it, it favours the bigger clubs and I don't think there's a need for it. Well, that, yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, no, I, I'd keep it. Again, I'd have no preference either way, but I've no issue with it staying, if that makes sense. Fair enough. Uh, VAR? Not that you get much say in this, but um, the the process of VR, I would change. I'd keep VR, but I'd make changes. Well, what what changes would you be looking at in particular? I think obviously I want the referee on the field to make more decisions, to be more accountable. Uh, so I bring in the screen properly, use it proper. Um, I think more things need to be more black and white. I think we just need to be. More open communication in a way. Um, we, we see VR work almost, not perfectly obviously, but much better in other leagues. Um, and I think whatever job we do, I mean, I don't know what you do for a living, Dave, right? But I mean, I, I, I drive in clean cars. If there's a, a, a new soap comes out that can make my job easier, I want it. As a referee, referee and amateur in futsal for myself, um, if I can get a decision right by somebody telling me that, look, have a look at something, 
You know, I want that information. We want as much information. It's it's why as football fans we love replays, we love pundits, we love Soccer Saturday. Um because we just want as much information on football and our clubs as we can. So having it is great if it's used properly. And VAR can only help the game because without it, but what we want VR to do is stop the talking points. Yeah. That's what uh, it's creating more. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> we talk about it more now than ever, don't we? Uh, I suppose the, the last question is, would you keep the... Um, all 10 Premier League games on TV in a weekend or go back to how it was where there's you know, three or four or five, whatever it is, um, spread out across the weekend? Yeah, I'd have them all on. Would you? Yeah, I, I, I'm one, and it's maybe because the, 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 maybe the big club side of me, Dave, as we mentioned at the start, uh, maybe it was off the pod. Um, I, 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 I'm a massive fan of American sports where I'm used to paying subscriptions for just my team or whatever, um, and be able to see all games, all the time, anytime. I think we live in such a streaming world now. I do not believe that having all games on TV is going to hamper attendances. But again, it's a, I guess it's different for the lower bottom half of the English football. I think the Championship and Premier League would be more than okay. I do feel it'll be a struggle the further down the leagues you go, I, I agree, but I, I don't want to put on TV, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think if they did it, they'd have to put them either all on at the same time, or the majority on at the same time, and probably not at three o'clock on a Saturday when you'd have your football league games. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's the only way it could work. Yeah. Because, yeah. um, I mean, I've loved it because we've had three months of no football and being able to watch a match every night um, was great fun for a while, but uh, you kind of feel uh, like obliged to watch everything. And it... Um, you know, it's, it's probably a disciplined thing for me, like pick your games to watch, but you feel like you're missing out if you don't watch a game. Um, my, my counter argument to that then is keep it the way it is pre-COVID, just certain games on, five games a weekend, whatever it is, but you should be able to buy a subscription to your own team's games. I yeah, don't know. Come up, come up with a price per season and you should be able to buy that so you can watch... So if Newcastle are playing at 3 o'clock on a Saturday, they're playing at 12 o'clock on a Sunday or whatever, you could always watch their game. Unless it's on TV, then obviously you have to watch it on the TV channel because obviously that's where you would lose money from, from the TV for the league. That's where they would have their issues. But you should be able to, I should be able to watch Liverpool at 3 o'clock on a Saturday. Yeah, well, I guess that's... The Premier League should um, will probably look at some point in the selling individual rights um, rather than the packages they do now. I mean, um, yeah, because, I mean, to take it back, I mean, I, obviously Anfield sold out most weeks. Um, yeah. So there's thousands and thousands of people that can't get tickets. Those thousands of people aren't going to turn up to watch Yeovil or Cheltenham um, or even up in Scotland, Air United. I'm not leaving my house, you know, on a Saturday afternoon to go and watch anybody else. So why not? invest more money in the clubs into the league um, and well, well means maybe more money spread out through the leagues to compensate that's a difference yeah well I mean that's, that, I guess that would solve everything wouldn't it if, uh, if we just spread the wealth a bit more um, because you know there's no need for, for clubs in the Premier League to have to be spending 
40 mil on Alex and Wolby. Sorry to pick on a Wolby again, but just as an example, when, you know, uh, Tranmere, Evans, neighbours haven't got a pot to piss in and probably have even less of a pot now because of COVID. It's mad, isn't it? It's like to have such wealth and then such paucity at the other side of it. Like it's, it's, we need to find a better solution, I think. Especially having, as you, I think, as I say, it was before Pod we mentioned it, uh, breaking the fourth wall for the listeners. But yeah, the the league, because we have so many clubs involved in our structure, the bottom ones really are getting, you know, just the dirt off everybody's shoes, really. Um, you know, and you mentioned it just we owners, the rich look after the rich, Dave. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, that's the issue. As I say, as I guess it's biased being a big club fan, but I. And it sounds hot. I'm not. I'm, I've become more of a football fan again, doing the podcast with with you guys. Um, but for for years, Dave, I was just a Liverpool fan. I, I couldn't care less about watching even Man United, Man City on the TV. Um, I just wanted to watch, you know, Liverpool games. Um, I'll watch Liverpool against, you know, Oxford anywhere. Um, but a few years ago, I wouldn't have watched. Put it this way, I've not watched a Real Madrid Barcelona game, which you know everybody used to pawn over in years. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, I guess that's that's a fair point. I, I guess the worry is that like you have probably a let's say a local, I don't know, Bristol Rovers fan who could go down to the ground and watch his team play whoever Bristol Rovers are playing, or he could sit in his front room and watch yes. Liverpool watch Liverpool play, and it's a rainy day and he thinks, I'll just stay in the day. And if you know, if a hundred people do that, that's quite a lot of money for Bristol Rovers to lose. Um, and that'll be the concern, I think. And that's before you even consider non-league. But the problem is, as we said off pod, is that ninety-two professional clubs is far more than any other country. Yeah. Um, and if you look at Germany's example, well, you know, Germany are very good at how they handle things, but they have two professional leagues, as far as I know. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think that's why. Maybe obviously, there's obviously my way is not perfect, but. If you can only buy a subscription to your team, that way, like as you say, a Bristol City fan isn't is highly unlikely go to buy a subscription to to multiple teams in the Premier League. So he's going to have his season ticket. There might be days he doesn't go, you know, down to the ground because of the weather, but at least the money's still there because it's in the season ticket. I think our biggest issue is season ticket prices. Well, that as well. Yeah, it's it's. It's infuriating again compared to the continent. How how overcharged everything is. Yeah. Um, and again, Germany kind of blazed the trail on that, don't they? Um, Bayern Munich, I think, was it a hundred quid they were advertising for a season ticket. Hundred eighty pounds. Yeah. Yeah, which is, you know, even Newcastle, we be like six hundred quid, I think, for a, a sort of a normal season ticket. Yeah. Um, which is absurd, really, for watching substandard football, but it's playing on loyalty, isn't it? It's just yeah, we pay it, don't we? So until, yeah. <laughs> until we stop doing it, but unfortunately, because we've all said that there was, you know, ones at Liverpool who, you know, people weren't going to buy tickets for certain protests, but people are still snapping up. You know, there's people all around the world wanting to go to these games. They'll they'll always be sold. Unfortunately, it's the world we live in. Well, exactly. Plus, I mean, a lot of cities now take Newcastle. Where we've got. Two universities and third Durham on the doorstep. A lot of sort of uh, international students and you yeah. know, people, people who are in the region for that region. Do you want to watch the football the weekend? Well, yes. Why wouldn't you? Like it's on the doorstep. So if you, you know, if tickets available, you would, wouldn't you? It's uh, oh, lads, the out as well, isn't it? It's well, so... exactly. Um, 
But no, I think it's a fair question. As I say, I think my preference would be a streaming service for your own team because I don't think, as you say, like a Bristol City are, are rolling them. I don't think they're going to be like, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to do it, but I'll, I'll subscribe. But I would make it to a point where you have to pay like a premium price almost so that you couldn't just pick up and you, you can't, none of this monthly subscription. It's, it's got to be a one-off, so you've got it for the year, not paying £10 a month. Because paying £10 for a month and then cancelling it, you know, would be quite easy to do for a lower league. You know what? Liverpool have got a nice run of fixtures. Let's just watch them. You know, especially like the season we've just come off of. Um, as you say, I don't know that. I don't know the the best way to do it, but um, I know for me, and I guess you'd be the same as well, Dave. I mean, could you see yourself going to, I don't know, what's a local local lower side league team near yourself? Well, Gateshead probably is the one I, you know, double with. But uh... if Newcastle weren't playing, would you go along and watch them, or would you rather spend the day in the house with the kids and the wife? Well, uh, well, actually, did he answer? <laughs> no, listen? no. I mean, you're right. I mean, my circumstances would, would dictate I'd probably get me balls chopped off. I spent the day at Gateshead <laughs> in that scenario, but uh, you know, I know what you mean. I get, I get exactly what you're saying. It's uh, it's, it's hard. But I, I like I like how passionate. I mean, I mean, as a as a bigger club snob, I guess um, you know we we tend to forget about the lower teams. Um, you only really, really remember who they are or what leagues are in when it comes to playing them in a in a cup tie, um, and I think as you say, changes and changes need to be made. And let's hope, in a way, this whole situation we're in just now, at the end of it, some changes throughout the world, not just football, are now made that can only benefit us in the long run. Well, that's it. I just hope really that they make changes for the for the better. And not just for the big, for what's best for the bigger clubs. Like, you know, anything that happens should uh, should um, be for everybody. Uh, and like I say, things like fire subs, it's not going to help, you know, Leeds or even ourselves or you know, pretty much anything outside the top six or seven clubs. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's only going to help five or six, and I just don't see the point in that case because they get enough help as it is. Yeah, I mean, we've already got that step up, don't we? Without even the help, we've already got that step up because purely we're we're obviously better because of the financial situation and the longevity of it. I mean, Man City came in and did it their own way, but for a normal progression to try to catch up with the, the Liverpool and United stature, you know, it would have taken forever. Um, and not everybody can do what Man City have, the way they've done it. Um I mean, you even seen Chelsea, they've even started, you know, dropping back now because it's not sustainable. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and as you say, this whole COVID thing is um, it's going to make a lot of things different. Um, not necessarily for the better either, but uh, I just hope that no more clubs go at the wall because uh, we lost Bury before any of this even happened. Um, and I can't imagine any of them are better off now. No, I, I, yeah, I've heard many reports about the lower team, how much, like, I think people seem to forget that even, like, so Newcastle and, you know, the Everton, you know, the, mid, the mid-tier teams in the Premier League, like, the attendances don't really matter. Like, they, they don't make a lot of money every year. Um, I think, as you mentioned by a minute, Dave, I think they said it works out something like four million a year. Yeah, yeah. Sales, which... 
I mean, what does that pay? One youth team player's wages nowadays. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, how much does does it really matter about increasing, you know, ticket prices and season ticket prices? Um, we want more people at games. We want more people supporting clubs. But um, I, I just don't know if there's a, a proper answer. And that's the, that's the biggest concern. Um, as a football fan, we just want people watching football. Um, because I don't know what it's like in your area, Dave, but all our local amateur leagues up here are disappearing. We don't even have mm. kids playing football anymore. Um, and that's yeah. a massive concern. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, I mean, the North East always been a bit of a hotbed for any sort of football, but uh, I think a lot of them have stopped at the moment for obvious reasons, but I think there's optimism a lot of them will come back. Um, but again, there's another one where there's three or four steps of sort of non-league football which was already starting to win I think um, I think it's just too many teams isn't it sometimes yeah yeah as you say I think what did you say 92 professional teams well I suppose 91 at the minute so with Bury being out of action but I yeah. guess they're going to make Adobanda from the Nash from the conference when the playoffs are done when you look across the you know look across Europe I, I mean how many how many European leagues you know, if you add Italy, Spain, Germany, uh, what are, who I'm just trying to think of like their top tier ones, even Portugal. I mean, how many teams, if you combine all them together, how many professional teams are you getting? Well, the most of them have only got two, like top divisions, haven't they? And it's between yeah, eight, 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 18 to 20 teams. Some of them, I think Germany obviously only has 18. Um, so, yeah, like it's, you know, we're, we're very different in that respect. Yeah. Um, and we've got the most money coming in as well, so it looks it's it's as you say it's very top heavy split out. Um, where I think I think I heard Emma talking about it on the Friday show that you know Spain's only changed quite recently how they they were even worse than us the way they distributed. Yeah, I know they used to give Barca and Real like the <laughs> majority. Got, the majority. <laughs> yeah, I think they got like 60 percent to themselves, and the rest was spread out. But they had a strike, didn't they? Uh, didn't it delay a season a few years ago? Um, again, can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm sure they had some sort of strike action where half the clubs said they weren't going to play unless the deal was better. That probably helped. But uh, uh, there's some work to be done over this this shortened summer. Ironically, we've got the shortest summer for the, probably the most work any clubs ever needed. So we'll, uh, we'll see how it works out. Yeah, that's... Uh, I mean... I think the biggest thing you said, which I'm, I'm, I never even thought about, is let's just hope no more teams fall foul to it. Um, it's easy to feel comfortable as a as a Liverpool fan now that, um, and and I mean even yourselves, Dave. Obviously, <laughs> under Ashley, you'll you'll never feel quite too secure in a way. <laughs> no, well, the, the ridiculous thing about the way we're structured is that the only person we're in debt to is him. Um, which in many ways is, you know, it's nice, but uh, we're still in debt to him. And that's kind of the problem in that he, I guess he could pull the rug at any time if he wanted to, and then we really would be knackered. But um, then he'd just be shooting his investment down the drain, wouldn't he? So uh, ho- hopefully it won't come to that. But uh, he's a very spiteful man, so uh, you, you never know. <laughs> There's a few people in Glasgow up here that... Um... Yeah, well, you've had, it. <laughs> you've, had the... you've, had, you've had the Ashley hurricane, haven't you? So you... You can know what happens up there. So. I, I enjoyed him all his time up here. Um, 
I have no no niceness to say about that side of Glasgow. So, but <laughs> when it comes to that, um, shall we shall we wrap it up here, Dave? Yes, we sh- we yeah. should. It's it's been a it's been a good chat. It has. I, mean, I fairly enjoyed it, and 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 probably more so the end part rather than, than all the football. Just kind of. <laughs> um, well, let's in the in the words of Chris then, Dave. Uh, pimp your socials to everybody and anything you're working on. All right, so uh, on Twitter, I am at CM9798, and the website is cm9798.co.uk. Uh, the next Champman on the Post episode should be out next week, if we can record while the big boss man is on holiday. Um, so you'll know how well that's gone, about whether it turns up in your feed or not. <laughs> Lucky for some getting to go away during all this. Um, I am Ali Thompson 84 on Twitter. Um, I kind of skived the midweek review, so... I passed all the games on to Chris and the gang, so check out the the Friday show, which was released today, possibly last night, um, which they discussed all the midweek games, and I can't remember if they discussed the Fornic. I'm only halfway through the show myself, um, but they've got the the full show. Um, Hopefully I'm going to get in touch with Ryan and get some 11 pieces of me done um, during the, the small break we've got. If not, I'm sure I can grab yourself, Dave, or, or Ross to join me. As oh, a, yes. I'm as always a, about. Yeah, we get some more football talk during the summer. Um, but apart from that, just follow Man in the Post on all your social media platforms. Um, particularly good Fred going on Twitter just now. Um, a little gif where every team finished in the league. So go and check that out. Give us a retweet. Give us a, a rating and a view wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, and for this season, it's been an absolute pleasure to, to join you again, Dave. So thanks for coming on. No, thank you, Ali. It's been been nice to rekindle our old flame. Yes, and thank you for the listeners, and hopefully you will join us next season. And always remember to keep your man in the post. Uh-huh.